President Barack Obama is set to return to the White House for an event celebrating the successes of the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare. Now you, too, can celebrate all of Barack Obama's successes as well with this helpful product. America the Beautiful. Our founding fathers sacrificed their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to bring the grand American experiment into existence, freeing the world and letting men govern themselves for the first time. The documents that enshrine this freedom are among the most important ever written. We keep these important documents close to our hearts with the Pocket Constitution. But the Constitution isn't the whole story. There's another document just as vital that has never been available in an easy to hold format until now. Introducing Pocket Obamacare. The most important law ever passed is now available to you. Wherever you go, you'll love having access to the law that saved America. Its handy portable size will allow you the freedom to teach others about the required tasks they must complete to be citizens in good standing. So get your Pocket Obamacare today. Warning, Pocket Obamacare is not for use for those with back problems, heart palpitations, restless leg syndrome, women who are pregnant, women who might be pregnant, women who have been pregnant, and women. Discontinue use if you suddenly develop scoliosis, arthritis, ruptured Achilles, torn labrum, or broken hip when using Obamacare. Owners of Pocket Obamacare agree that none of the preceding ailments will be treated by Obamacare. Pocket Obamacare should not be used around household pets, small children, expensive glassware, damaging chemicals, and test tubes filled with communicable disease samples. Order Pocket Obamacare now and receive the handy-dandy Pocket Obamacare slacks that serve as the perfect pants to wear when carrying Obamacare and our legal justification for the use of the word pocket in Pocket Obamacare. Entering into a purchase agreement with Pocket Obamacare does not necessarily mean that you will receive the full Pocket Obamacare booklet. Section upon section may be delayed in shipment and may arrive in different forms or not at all. Actor is shown with Pocket Obamacare Volume 1. Volumes 2 through 55 will arrive periodically. Images shown of Pocket Obamacare may be smaller than actual Pocket Obamacare. Batteries not included. Use only if infected. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu for 10 bucks off your subscription. We have more on the Disney situation coming up. We have a problem of motiv motivation with the uh, Democrats in the midterms. And, of course, we start by doing the Hunter reversal. There is a reversal afoot. I don't know if you've noticed this over the past couple of weeks. What a strange 180 we've seen. You're driving one way. Someone just jammed the car right in reverse going 65, and we're seeing a lot of noise out of that particular vehicle. By the way, you should know that Hunter Biden is safe, he's sound, he's doing okay. Secret Service is paying $30,000 a month for a Malibu mansion to protect Hunter Biden. The breakdown of that is $3,100 of rent, $725 in art supplies, and $26,175 for hookers and blow. Uh, so he should be well protected there. Um, what's fascinating is the response now. We've seen now multiple op-eds and stories come out from major publications saying, oh yeah, that whole Hunter Biden laptop thing. Yeah, looks like it was pretty much real. Of course, we have HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. I want to remind you of that, HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. Make sure you go there, get yours. This is going to become more and more uh, real now, okay? This is starting to happen. It's starting to turn into something, and we're going to get into why here in just a second. But when these stories were finally brought up to Joe Biden and his administration, they responded with a, a complete absolute denial. 
So they're not even saying, no, it was only Hunter. It wasn't Joe Biden. Look, this is old news. No, they're saying they did absolutely nothing wrong. Hunter Biden did absolutely nothing wrong. An absolute defense, no room for wiggle at all in this uh, particular excuse. And this could burn them going forward because you got to leave a little wiggle room for, for Hunter. You know, I mean, you just the man needs room to operate. Have we not learned this? Uh, you don't you don't want to give a blanket denial that Hunter Biden didn't do anything wrong on a particular day, because how how do you know? How do you know? Were you with him the whole time? Even if you were, was he on his phone? Because probably something on that phone was there's something going on every day. Hunter Biden commits some sort of crime, allegedly. At least that's my opinion. Uh, Bill Maher has noticed the uh, bizarre nature in the way the media has handled this story. And I give you this because, you know, look, you could hear me or some you know, conservative out there saying the same stuff. Let me give you, uh, give you uh, the criticism of the media coming from a liberal, yes, Bill Maher. So the New York Post got a hold of what was in the computer. And, um, you know, because the New York Post is a Republican paper. And... The New York Times and the Washington Post are the Democrat paper. That's where we are again, kind of. And the Republican paper, Twitter wouldn't t- cancel their account. Can't even report on this story. And now two years later, the New York Times and the Washington Post have come around to say, okay, there was something there. Oops. Now, what I said at the beginning, how it came to them, it came to them through Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. So yes, of course, when Rudy Giuliani says, I've got some evidence, you take that with a giant thing of salt. <laughs> but, but not two years. It didn't take two years. It looks like the left-wing media just buried the story because it wasn't part of their narrative, and that's why people don't trust the media. Uh-huh. It doesn't look like that. That is exactly what happened. Now, to Bill's point there, I, I agree with him at some level. If you get uh, opposition research that looks really bad for one candidate. You're getting it from the lawyer and a, you know, a former spokesperson slash sort of internet personality guy uh, that both support the other guy. I can understand being skeptical of it, uh, frankly. Uh, that doesn't mean you don't look into it and they would not look into it. Uh, I will say, uh, when we first heard about the Hunter Biden story, the next day uh, we came out and we talked about uh, that here on the air. And I said, look, I completely believe that this these emails are real that the, the the shady material is real i would not run with it as 100 percent certainty because i haven't seen it myself and there hasn't been enough uh looking into it but i even myself said i don't know if the pathway how it made it to the new york post is exactly how it happened like i can't believe did he really leave a laptop at a repair shop and then gave it to Steve Bannon or Rudy Giuliani to deliver it to, I mean, it just doesn't seem plausible. But now it seems like it was true. Yes, you can't underestimate, I guess you can't overestimate how stupid Hunter Biden is. And he actually does seem to have left this. I mean, it is comical. Can you, if this had happened to Donald Trump and, you know, Eric Trump left a laptop around with pictures of himself and hookers and uh, him referring to his dad being involved in shady business dealings. And let's not forget, one of his business associates also came out separately from the laptop and said, I have emails. You can have access to my email account. Here are all of the details as to what was going on a week before the election. 
I mean, it would have been the biggest story. It would have been, Twitter would have banned you from posting your cat pictures that week. You could only post the, the Trump story. That would have been it. When it came, came down to the Hunter Biden story, you couldn't even post it at all. I mean, really a disgraceful, probably the most disgraceful moment uh, so far for these social media companies. And the media going on now two years to actually correct this story. It's absolutely amazing. Now, the story came out in the, uh, the Washington Post had a big story about it. New York Times had a story about it. The Times sort of buried it more, but they did admit that the uh, laptop was real. The Washington Post had a big story about it and then did an op-ed, which is amazing. It's entitled, uh, The Hunter Biden Story is an Opportunity for a Reckoning. And you think to yourself, wow, is the media going to take themselves on here? A reckoning. What are we going to do here? Well, the entire piece is basically trying to explain away why they didn't report it earlier. Uh, They did say uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times have vouched for many of the relevant communications. They say the series of events that prompted allegations of a cover up or at best a double standard in the treatment of conservative and liberal politicians by mainstream media and social media sites. Yet there was a reason in this case for reluctance on the part of the publications and platforms alike. Both had been unwitting tools of Russian influence campaigns in 2016, and it was only prudent to suspect a similar plot lay behind the mysterious appearance of a computer stuffed with juicy documents and conveniently handed over to President Trump's toxic personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Now, was it really prudent to suspect a Russian conspiracy? Is that the word you'd use for it? I don't think so. So let me give you what the reasons are here. Okay, this is what they're saying right now. Um, And the big question is why? Why is this happening now after two years? They're not just doing it because they uh, they feel like, oh, you know what? We just got along. We were checking the whole time and we just figured it out. No, that's not one of the options. Here are the three options. Number one, Hunter Biden is about to be indicted. Okay, that's number one. This is the option uh, that was uh, that Peter Schweizer, the author who's been on this program, talked about on the show. I think this was first interview about that uh, statement uh, on the show. Uh, talking about how they know Hunter Biden's about to get indicted. They want to get ahead of it and they don't want to act as if they never reported on it before them. Option number two, the media is turning is preparing to turn on Joe Biden. And you might say, wait a minute, they're not going to turn on Joe Biden. Well, here's the thing. They get slaughtered in this election uh, at the end of this year and 2024 is looking them straight in the face. And Joe Biden's at a 33 percent approval rating. They may be looking for somebody else. It may be time to push old Joe out uh, and say, oh, uh, health problems are coming. Aren't they, Joe? Aren't they? You really need to work on your family right now, don't you, Joe? They make this uh, they destroy his family and they make his life miserable. He may very well get pressure to step down. This may be the first step in sort of uh, getting the getting the farm ready for planting. Uh, And finally, uh, the uh, last one is the media realized they just treated Trump unfairly and they will now make an attempt at actual journalism. Okay, that one is there's absolutely no chance that one's the real. I'd like it to be true, but it's not true. Look, the truth is the media is not known for its ability to self-reflect. They are making these decisions and upending two years of process on the Hunter Biden story for another reason. Somewhere around the time Donald Trump switched over from reality show host to president, They gave up the disguise. They were always a group of left-leaning people. That was obvious. But until 2016, they at least tried to maintain the appearance of journalism. But when Trump won, they blamed themselves. They saw Trump's win as their own failure. They simply were too tough 
on Hillary Clinton. They gave too much oxygen to her email and corruption scandals. I'm not kidding. This is really what they think. So for 2020, they were not going to allow this to happen again. They gave Joe Biden a cloak of invisibility. He didn't have to answer for his record. He didn't have to answer for his son. He didn't have to come out of the basement at all. And then Biden and his crime family will eventually maintain that cloak of invisibility for as long as the media feels it is valuable to them. The scary part, though, if you happen to be a Biden, is that the media wall of protection might just be starting to show some cracks. As we get a little bit older, the fatigue and lack of endurance we feel can't always be fixed with more and more caffeine. Believe me, I've tried. Introducing a new way to start your day, Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that give you the energy you need, and they're good for you as well. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. Just have two Super Beats Heart Chews in the morning and enjoy great energy all day long. Do more for your heart and treat yourself with Super Beats Heart Chews. And for now, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at superbeats.com slash stew. This is their best offer available anywhere. Superbeats.com slash stew. Up to 45% off right now at superbeats.com slash stew. It's superbeats.com slash stew. Joining me now is Jakob Williams. He is, of course, the Blaze TV contributor and host of the Bottom Line podcast, which you should definitely be subscribed to. How's it going? Thank you. It's so good to be back here, man. Yeah, I appreciate I you taking the time. Love the set, but love you more. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. I, yeah. say, I feel the same way, of course. Yeah, um, can we too. talk a little bit about uh, Disney? Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a real, you know, of course, it's a big company. And of course, there's a lot of focus on it. And it's a big driver of our, our culture. But it also feels like a line has been crossed in such an awful way. And that it was, the, you know, when I was growing up, it felt like the one pure thing, you know? Mm -hmm. they, they had a mission and they never seemed to violate it, at least when I was a kid. This has changed. I mean, we're seeing a t totally new side of them over the past few years. Yeah, my, my introduction to Disney was Ron Logan, who's one of the four legends. There's only four mm -hmm. legends inducted into Disney. Ron, you know, retired, of course. But my introduction to them was the true spirit of the happiest place on earth, there was really a component, a contingent within Disney that was really about, you know, family and making, and that ship has sailed, mm. uh, Stu. I think they've pushed so far, and evil does that often. It overplays its hand. I think now here they've crossed the line with the American family, the, the truly waking up the American family again, which in a way we need it. We kind of needed the yeah. American family to come back. And it's funny enough, sometimes you need to poke the bear. Yeah, for the bear to wake up, and that's what's happening here. But it's a huge overreach, and I think this one's going to hurt. For the company, this one's going to sting, because they're going to get massive pressure from Ron DeSantis and from the state, and the state can do a lot. When you start talking about building permits and revoking permits and these kind of things, red tape, then the investor's going to push back from the other end, because the investors are going to suffer. Yeah, and, and so I think they're in the middle of two sides that are going to pressure them here. Yeah, you know, and it's like, I like companies that have the same values as me. I mean, if people who are subscribing to The Blaze, for example, yes. probably have similar values to yes. people who are, and so we have the same mission. That's great. But I don't need that with every product that I buy. No. I just don't want someone who hates my guts. Just don't despise me. That's really all I'm asking here. And Disney seems to have made a choice that we despise you. Yeah, you're, th this is where I want Americans to get to is where you are right now. Intellectual honesty. You don't have to agree with me on mm. things. 
I'll, I'll shop if it's a, if I like the product. Yeah, I'm going to shop there. I'd love to take my kids to Disney. We have in the past. Now they're forcing me not to because now you're crossing a line where you're infringing on on, on how I treat my family and, and how you want to proactively indoctrinate my children. There's a complete difference. I, as we have a product and we provide a service and come partake in the service and mm. we loved it. They're now weaponizing their product. They're weaponizing the fact that they become a stalwart. They become a yeah. giant player in the kid space. And now they're weaponizing it and we should pay attention. It's, it's not good. Uh, we, um, I think I'm a believer in, at least in America, that the, the people lead. It's not that it's never the politicians. It's the people that lead the politicians. They come along for these uh, these journeys eventually and take credit for them. But it's the people who lead first. And I think that's what's happening uh, even with Ron DeSantis, where I think, you know, people are saying, like, we've had enough of this. And DeSantis is reflecting that. I think, of course, he has, you know, conservative principles as well. How do you feel DeSantis is doing through all of these different battles he's had over the past couple of years? I think he's doing really well. I think he's doing well the right way mm -hmm. without slander. Without mm -hmm. blaspheming folks, without calling names, without slinging mud, without going taking the high road, but just but honestly, I think what you just said is it, the reason he's doing well is because he is speaking for the people. Mm. He's literally holding up a mirror. He's saying the people of Florida, the families of Florida, are not okay with this. So I'm going to reflect what the people are saying. And but isn't that how our country was set up, though? It's for the people, by the people, and they're supposed to every politician, whether it's state government or all the way up to the White House. It's supposed to represent the people. Hey, we have representatives. We're yeah. crying out. It's called representative <laughs> such and such, yeah. right? They're not representing. You're just seeing a guy. Actually, you know, if a quarterback throws a touchdown, should we celebrate or should we go, that's his job? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it's point. his job. Uh, right? Yeah. Now, as an he's Eagles fan, doing, I have to celebrate every positive you play. You have to. I agree. You know, but he's just do, he's doing the job that yeah. truly, the true nature of what an American politician is supposed to be. He's just doing his job. Yeah, and that's good. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to be a hero. No. Uh, but he's doing, you're right. I like the way he's doing it because he's, he's holding a lot of these lines, but with fight. He's not, just, he's not just, you know, hey, I think this is wrong. He's bold. He's yeah. on the offense seemingly all the time. If certainly we saw that in COVID. Let me ask you, let me go through to COVID a little bit because this is, uh, I think, one of the undercovered parts of what happened over the past couple of years with lockdowns and school closings and, and uh, you know, people getting depressed and all of this. So much uh, of, of, the, uh, of the, I think, undercovered part of the story was the turn to drug use. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw, obviously, alcoholism go yes. through uh, the roof. Um, we've seen drug use go through the roof. Uh, overdoses are going up uh, and up and up and up, which it's it really shocking. I mean, at one point, this is years ago now, we, we showed the graph of overdose deaths over, you know, a 20 or 30 year period. And the fentanyl situation makes the crack epidemic of the 80s look like nothing. Yeah. I don't think people realize what a big deal this is. People don't. I work closely with, uh, you know, Sheriff Weber and Sheriff Skinner from uh, Collin and Tarrant County. Here's a real number for you. I want you to chew on this for a minute. Over the last month, the equivalent of a Boeing 747, which is 300 plus passengers, crash per day, and that is fentanyl deaths in our country. Jeez. So if four planes go down in the next four days, the whole aviation industry would come to a standstill. Right. Mm -hmm. But people are dying from fentanyl. We now have, you know, six kids from, from, from uh, you know, West Point dying. Only three of them consumed fentanyl. The other three died by doing mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. 
You're kidding me. No, that's how deadly fentanyl is. Do you know, Stu, that right now, you know we work on the border, we fight human trafficking. China has formed GMP-5, that's the highest level of lab, GMP-5 labs in Mexico, reformulating fentanyl in the shape and brand of Adderall, Zoloft, Xanax. So now kids are taking an Adderall. We're doing a special one. They're looking at an Adderall. We're putting them side by side and say, which one has fentanyl? You can't tell. Adderall, where's the pharma company saying, wait a minute, they're imposing on our intellectual property. They're knocking off Adderall. There's traces of 97% fentanyl in Adderall. It's death by touch. Kids are dying because the kids are getting an Adderall from a friend. It's a rite of passage into parties. They've got what mm. they call these Skittle parties where they bring drugs and it's your way in. Kids are taking, so there should be a 911 fire alarm right now in this country saying you cannot take medicine from anybody if it did not come from your doctor or from your pharmacist or from your parent if the parent is healthy. But kids are taking drugs from kids and it's laced with fentanyl coming across the Mexican border. GC, it's interesting because you hear a lot about, you know, somebody who gets on back medication and then gets addicted and then goes down this dark road. Or you hear about a drug addict that just keeps escalating the drugs they're using. You don't think about someone who this is happening to unintentionally. Adder- un- completely unintended. Now, granted, you know, those West Point guys were snorting cocaine, mm-hmm. but the other three guys trying to do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on the lawn were just trying to save their buddies, and Jeez. they died by touch because fentanyl is deadly. We're talking about 3,500 3, pounds of fentanyl seized. You could kill half of America with that amount of fentanyl. It takes a quarter of a gram. It's nothing, and it's nefarious, though, because they're lacing it into what we would consider, we even talked about now, it's making its way into knockoff toothpaste coming across the southern border. What? Why is nobody talking about this? Is this because, I mean, is the effort here to kill people in America or is it just, hey, this is cheaper or there's some market Look, force? In, initially, the problem was dosing, right? Mm-hmm. And so it came over in powder and then people just died because there was no dosing. Now they're formulating it in pills. But now let's say this pill that's Adderall, it's got 11%, you know, fentanyl in it, and it's for a 200-pound male, and a kid that's 13 takes it, it's going to die. Wow. Because it's an overdose. So they overdose. So mm-hmm. they're trying to, they being those who manufacture, it's coming from China, they're trying to find dosages, putting it in a, in a consumable form to get someone, of course, addicted mm-hmm. to this highly addictive product. But in the process, like lab rats, they're dying because they're overdosing. Hmm. Uh, let me move over to sports here for a second. Uh, you were a kicker, uh, yep. NFL, CFL. Yep. Uh, does this league resemble <laughs> what it was when, when you were there? Look, when I came to this country <laughs> in 2001, I came from professional rugby. So already I was like, ah, this sport's a little soft. No, no, no disrespect. <laughs> I know. But you got helmets and pads. I thought then it was a little soft. Now mm. it's gone so woke. Now you, you can't even. It's, it's, I have a disdain to the game of football. Now, and I love the sport. Yeah. I love the competition. But still, we can't. When, when, we, when we, again, it's like Disney, when we weaponize something, it's become a fabric of culture. And this is why they're doing it. They know. Football's culture in this country. My yeah. goodness, man. Now all of a sudden they're working this into all of it from Black Lives Matter to woke culture all the way into, you know, Kaepernick is resurfacing this, this whole weaponizing football. But we have a very weak commissioner. Mm. Our commissioner has, is completely woke. And, and now all of a sudden, and I said this to Glenn on the show when I was with him, we, we covered the, you were there, we covered the, the, um, the farmers being killed in South Africa. And I said, wait, what's coming next is a quota system. And they're going to call it equity. It's affirmative action. Mm. You're seeing affirmative action now in the NFL. And those positions already exist, by the way. Yeah. 
I mean, we've done shows on the Rooney Rule and, yeah. and how uh, inter- you must interview a minority coach if you're going to hire a coach, which I've always thought was terrible. I mean, like, yeah. look, if we've learned anything over the past couple hundred years, we've pro- I thought we had learned don't make decisions based on skin color. Like, 100%. it's a very basic human hurdle we should Bad all idea. be able to clear. Um, and the NFL decided, OK, well, now we have to have uh, uh, some uh, interviews. Yeah. Then it was, well, that's not enough. Now they're to the point where when one team hires away an executive who is a minority uh, executive to the other team, the original team that loses that minority executive gets rewarded with a third round draft pick. Like we have, I mean, didn't Matt Ryan just got <laughs> traded for a third round draft pick. Yeah. This is like a very valuable thing. They're actually yeah. screwing with the integrity of the game, let exactly. alone just being yeah. woke. No, they've lost, the, they've lost the game. The integrity is gone. And that's a, you're right. It would be like removing the sidelines and said, let's go play. It's <laughs> yeah. anarchy. You've, you've, lost, you've lost the integrity and the respect is going to go. And it's unfortunate because it really is a big part of America. And maybe this is the rise of baseball going forward. You know, when the baseball strike and baseball was the number one sport and then football rose. Yeah. Maybe if baseball can keep it together or maybe, maybe soccer, maybe MLS is going to rise up. But the football is going to hurt. And it's a shame because young boys, they, 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 you dream about this. You don't just, yeah. you know, this is a life goal. But again, they're weaponizing it for politics and it's entertainment in its purest form. It's entertainment without killing each other because it comes from gladiator sport. So we've gone all the way from gladiators killing each other for entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, are you not entertained? Right. All the way now down to football. It's the last little bit of masculinity that's <laughs> left in this country. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sad. It's sad. OK, let me finish up with that uh, because you mentioned China and China is, uh, you know, an influence on the whole world, obviously, in a, in a major, major way, and I think a very negative way in most respects. Um, uh, Glenn wrote this book called The Great Reset, talks a lot about ESG scores. It's something that's coming here, but there are echoes of it from China. Huge from China, and it started with where we are now, with this ESG funds, the ESG tax Walmart, all your big corporations are paying this tax, billions of dollars a year. Mm. It's going into this fund, and in its anarchy, I met with a guy from this fund over this past weekend, and he's saying, we don't even know how to qualify projects yet. We don't even know how to draw from the funds, how to disperse the funds, but we're making, the, we're making these companies pay tax. And then the next thing comes an individual scoring system, mm-hmm. like in China. Oh, you, jail, you jaywalk today. This is literally in China. Mm. You jaywalk today on a crosswalk, we knock you down a couple points. It hurts your insurance. You take your driver's license. You can't shop anymore. Your credit score falls, right? We are absolutely going in that direction, but we're seeing now the, the entry, mm-hmm. you know, and it's going to permeate through society, but it's already there. The company's already paying ESG taxes, and they're just paying because they don't want to be, you know, accused right. of not being woke enough. So they're paying these ESG taxes, which is going to result in an individual scoring system. Like Glenn, that book is brilliant, by the way. Mm. It's brilliant. Where they're going to keep track of you. And remember, they got to track and reward. Yeah. We think we've seen tracking in social media. Wait for ESG. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's amazing, too. What, what are we, three years past that Black Mirror episode yeah. where all of this is in there? Then all of a sudden China has it. And now I think there's a, there's a calculation made that the American people might be a little too individualistic to deal with a, a social credit system right up front. So they're putting it in through the corporations. Yes. And, uh, you know, we're also very distracted as a people. And we're not going to focus on this, I, I, don't, I don't think, 
until maybe it's too late. I'm, I'm concerned about it, but we'll, we're going to keep following it. Uh, I, know, uh, I know you will as well. Of course, we, get, we always get to spend some time on News and White Matters, so yep. you're, make sure you catch uh, Yako on there as well as the bottom line is his podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it. Thanks so much for coming on the program, man. Great Thank to you, see Stu. You. Appreciate you. Are you motivated to vote this year? A lot of Republicans are, and it's because they've seen what a crap hole uh, this country looks like when Joe Biden is running it, and Democrats as a whole. Uh, they've moved farther and farther to the left, and people are noticing, so people in the middle are getting upset, people on the left are fading away, and people on the right are saying, I please, I'm going to get an apartment right next to the polling place and just live there so I can vote first uh, when, the, when the polls open. Uh, it's really that type of situation, and you're seeing this now really obviously when you look at the polls and the trends from 2018. It's pretty close. 67% of Democrats were... Uh, were um, say that uh, their partisan control of Congress really matters. 65% of Republicans, 65% overall. It was very close. Republicans since then have skyrocketed up to 70%, while Democrats have gone from 67 to 60. So now you have a 10-point gap there in enthusiasm. That's not what you want heading into an election. And we're going to probably do our first election preview this week, if I can get to it, uh, you know, pending crazy news that keeps popping up. Just going over the overall picture of where we are with the House, where we are with the Senate. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later this week, most likely. I'm going to give you this as well. Turkey, the country, not the food, not the bird. Which the bird and the food, by the way, same thing. The country, neither, nothing to do with either one of them. Uh, Turkey's uh, inflation rate has hit 61% year to year, uh, climbing to a new 20-year high. And this thing pisses me off. And let me tell you why. So long. We were America. We were the greatest superpower. And now we're getting challenged by countries like Turkey. You give Joe Biden one more year, we'll crush that 61% inflation rate. You watch Erdogan. Take it in the nose, Turkey. We're coming for you. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times can be challenging, especially if there's a 61% inflation rate coming soon to a country near you. That's why you need a real estate agent who's going to come in and take charge. Knows, you know, if you need a painting, uh, painting job done, who's going to deal with that? Who's going to replace the stairs? Well, your agent should have a guy for that or a gal. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, get I don't want to misgender anyone. Uh, Real estate agents. I trust dot com is Glenn's company. And uh, he built this. He's talked about it on the show before to make sure that these transactions, which are massively important to your financial future, go right. Real estate agents. I trust dot com. Find the best person in your area, no matter where you live in the country, buying or selling a home. Real estate agents. I trust dot com. Check it out now. Real estate agents. I trust dot com. Justin Haskins is here. He's, of course, the editorial director for the Heartland Institute, but co-author as well for Glenn Beck of the new book, The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of the 21st Century Fascism. It's available wherever you get your books. It's available at also the website, glennbecksbook.com. Justin, welcome to the program. Hi, Stu. Great to be with you again. Now, if, you, if Glenn died, you'd be the only living author of this book. That's that, a great point. Mm-hmm. You're making you're making a very good appeal. Mm. I've noticed this is like a theme with you, Glenn dying. <laughs> yeah, and, well, yeah. are you the one who started that Twitter, you know. that crazy Twitter thing? I may have uh, been Helped. importing okay. COVID into his home over the past few weeks. Didn't work out, <laughs> yeah. but I, I tried. I tried, America. Yeah. What can I do? Um, I want to talk to you about the book sure. and, and go through this. I know we've we've talked about it a little bit in the past. We talked about it on radio. 
You've, you've been all over the place on the Blaze uh, this week to, to kind of brief people, but I want to see if we could take a little extended look and kind of go through this piece by piece. Um, the, it's a great book, by the way, and it is uh, the number one book on all of Amazon. Congratulations. Um, it's It's been a big deal, and this is, uh, I think it's an important thing. You, I think you've hit a really important theme at the right time. Um, so the book starts with sort of a, it's sort of depressing, frankly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vision <laughs> of the future and what the future may very well look like uh, under the Great Reset. Uh, can you kind of walk people through what, why this book is important? Because this right. is what they might be facing. Right. So all the evidence that we have, literally all the evidence we have, points in the direction of the world being transformed into one where wealth and power is further consolidated than it already is in the hands of relatively few people. And those people run corporations, the largest corporations in the world, banks, financial institutions, international institutions like the United Nations and other things, uh, central banks, that these people are the ones who are consolidating wealth and power, that they will be making the decisions in your life, that it's going to be extremely difficult for you to buy the products and the services that you can, you can buy now easily. It's going to be very hard for you to own property. Um, and that this direction is, is it's not uh, just sort of a natural development of the free market or something, but mm -hmm. it's actually part of an organized movement by people in, um, you know, sort of the elite class globally, not just the United States, but in Europe as well and in parts of Central America and South America to try to further consolidate that power and wealth and that uh, the world is changing for a reason. And it's all part of this concept of the great reset, pushing the reset button on capitalism. And that whole idea of the great reset, that theme, uh, which was launched by the World Economic Forum. Those are the people that put on Davos every single year uh, in mid-2020. This has been going on for a long time. The, the sort of marketing slogan, the Great Reset, is new, mm -hmm. but the movement has been happening behind the scenes for a very, very long time, and they've made lots of inroads. And if it wasn't for the fact that, or if it weren't for the fact that they put out this really crazy, awful slogan, the Great Reset, I'm not sure that I would have ever stumbled upon what was really going on. Uh, it was so creepy, it forced me to really pay attention to what they were doing. And that's when we started, the more we started unraveling it, the, the, the crazier it got. All right, so before we get into, because you, you, you spent some time in the book um, talking about uh, the mechanisms, the, the uh, motivation to get to the Great Reset, the, the things they're using to get there, yep. how they're doing it, what they're building, and I want to get into all of that. But before we do, separate this, your book and Glenn's book, The Great Reset, from the conspiracy theory, The Great Reset. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, conservatives talk about things, the media calls them conspiracy theories, they're not conspiracy theories, and that's the end of it. It's more complicated here, I think. There really is a conspiracy theory around the Great Reset. <laughs> yeah. It's just not what you wrote about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are a lot of people. Uh, there is actually a lot of misinformation about the Great Reset. I think that's a fair point. Mm -hmm. um, two of the biggest things that come up all the time, and there's a bunch, but the two biggest ones are, number one, was the, vax, was, was the COVID-19 pandemic deliberately released into society mm. by these elites who are now taking advantage of it? Right. Uh, this is something that a lot of people believe, um, and they have lumped it under this idea of the Great Reset, isn't it so convenient that all these people are benefiting off of off of the, the pandemic. Well, there's no doubt whatsoever that the pandemic is the golden opportunity. That's a direct quote from some of the people involved in the Great Reset, a golden opportunity for them to remake the world. 
but there's no evidence that we could find whatsoever mm-hmm. that there was the the the, the, uh, the that COVID nineteen was released into the public by these people that anything like that right. occurred. It's just that they were looking for an opportunity to push the reset button on the economy and on society, and that they've been doing this for a very long time. Uh, as you know, climate change is something that they've been, you know, screaming about for decades, talking right. about we're all about to die from climate change, right. right? And so that's absolutely one of the things that the same exact people have been using as a justification to remake the world for a long time. It just didn't work quite as well as COVID-19. Yeah, the, you know, and, and, uh, and you, you go into both of those things uh, in the book, and it, it strikes me as they have there's like a, a slow burn effect with climate change. You know, it's it's one of those things that they've been trying to convince people for a very long time. It's always been at the lowest levels of priority for voters. It's never been anything that's excited, anything but, you know, sort of an AOC fringe of the left. Uh, the, COVID's totally different, though. I mean, COVID, you know, some of the things that were done, um, you know, were, it doesn't mean that everything that was done in the United States was part of the Great Reset. It was really more of a, of a, a wake-up call to them. You, you, go, you, you spend some time in the book talking about um, uh, uh, Mayor of uh, Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, mm-hmm. um, and his quote that I've quoted this way every yep. single time I've said it, never let a crisis go to waste. That's actually not the quote. Right. And you refresh my memory on this and you go through this part uh, of the quote where he says, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And it needs to be a crisis that can help both that will help both parties yep. uh, move uh, into serious change. Can you kind of why is that important? Yeah, it's important because I think people have a tendency to to just sort of anytime something happens, it's like, well, yeah, they're trying to take advantage of it. And, and yeah, there is some truth to that. Right. On a day to day basis, the news cycle, politicians are always trying to take advantage of whatever is happening in the mm-hmm. news. But it's the serious crises Those are the things that they wait for eagerly because that's the big transformative changes. For the most part, our world doesn't really change quickly all that often. It it takes these big moments in history. That's where you see these transformative changes of society that happen. And COVID-19 was that opportunity that they've been waiting for for a really, really long time. Now, as the book points out, they still hope climate change is that thing, Mm -hmm. the longer term justification for it. And they're very, very open about that. But they needed something that was so serious and so severe and deadly and scary to sort of kickstart this thing. And that's what COVID-19 was. It it gave them, I mean, they blew up the global economy on purpose. I mean, people always talk about the pandemic and, you know, the economic fallout from the pandemic. No, we don't really know what the economic fallout from the pandemic is. It's the reaction to the pandemic that Mm -hmm. we all talk about. It's when they closed all these businesses down that destroying the economy gave them the opportunity in their minds to try to rebuild it in a different way. That's this whole concept of build back better that Joe Biden is always blathering about. And people who um, all over the world are using that same phrase, build back better, because the idea was we destroyed everything. Now let's build it back better than we had it before. So the climate change is the longer term the, the longer term uh, justification for how they're going to build back society. The, the whole idea here is um, we, this was never sustainable. Our economy was never on a sustainable path. We had to rebuild everything. We had all these big, huge problems that needed uh, to be tra- uh, that needed to be addressed, and we needed to have this great reset. We've needed it for a long time, mm-hmm. but this was our opportunity to do it because people are so resistant to change normally. But now 
change was forced upon them, and we have this great opportunity to make that happen. Uh, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, you have quotes in here directly mm-hmm. from the people's mouths explaining exactly what they're trying to do and why they're trying to do it. And you go to great lengths. There's hundreds of uh, footnotes that kind of cite exactly where these things came from, who said them. Here's the full quote. Go watch. Go here for full context. Like you're not trying to hide any of this, it, but you get to the sense that they aren't either. And as you read this, I wondered why. Like, why are they so overt and out there telling everyone? Because they have to know a good chunk of the world is not going to want to go along with us. Yeah, that's a great question. I've asked that question to myself many, many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Mm. The, the weird thing about it is, you know, after this happened, um, I would say uh, six months or so after the Great Reset slogan came out, they had these big, they had several big events, world leaders from all over the place using this phrase, the Great Reset. They had videos, they had articles posted all over the World Economic Forum. They had an entire website dedicated entire, entirely to this. They had uh, Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World mm-hmm. Economic Forum, sort of the face of the Great Reset, wrote a book called The Great Reset. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> we did not steal it from him or anything right. like that for writing this book. But, um, you know, they were very open about it. And then uh, January 2021, so a year ago, uh, they had this event that was uh, a virtual event with all these big world leaders. Um, It was kind of a replacement for Davos because they had canceled that. And at it, they put out this absolutely incredible video. I wish I had (laughs) provided it to you. You've got to track this video down. Uh, Basically, semi-apologizing for using the phrase, the Great Reset, acknowledging that it had transformed into this, you know, conspiracy theory thing that they're trying to control the world. And they basically admitted they made a huge blunder and then they stopped using the Great Reset. Really? They don't really use the Great Reset anymore. They've mm. given up on that. They've now call it Davos Agenda. They have a Davos Manifesto that they talk about all the time because mm. there's nothing weird about Manifesto or, anything, <laughs> oh, or Davos. It. Everybody loves a good manifesto. <laughs> Who doesn't love Davos <laughs> and manifestos? But that's that's what they've transitioned to. They're tr- they've tried to run away from the Great Reset as a phrase because they know how bad this has been for them as a PR move. Um, and so why did they do this? Why were they so open about it? I, I think it's arrogance. I think the world was in such a bad place that they felt like, People are desperate. They will do anything. We are wandering in the desert here, and we're the only ones with water. So they will do whatever we want. Um, And I think they thought the world was ready for a strong man. That's what I think. Mm. And that they were going to be that strong uh, support, that pillar that we could all count on in a crisis. And if we present ourselves as, you know what, this is our opportunity, big optimistic changes, we can transform the world. I think what they didn't count on is that most people did not want the world to be transformed, at least in America, um, things were going pretty well, actually, before the pandemic hit. And for most people, life was actually very good. We mm-hmm. had historically low unemployment. I mean, it wasn't perfect or anything of like course, that, but yeah. certainly in the history of, of the past 20 or 30 years, it wasn't a low point in American history. Um, and so I think they underestimated that. And they also underestimated how, uh, how much a lot of people value individual freedom how much they don't want to hand that over to mm. how little they trust elites in Davos. And, but it doesn't surprise me. These people hang out together. They live in a different universe than you or I live in. And they think that people were going to be very receptive to these ideas. And so they put it out there as, as you know, this is the solution. You can count on us. And it just backfired horribly. Do you work at the Washington Post? Do you work at the New York Times? Do you feel that you might fall into some old patterns at some point soon and want to make sure you constantly are reminding yourself to do the right thing? Then you need to go to HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. 
That's right, HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. You can get this real laptop case, and it looks like a sticker, but it's not. Uh, it's actually on the laptop case. You can shield your laptop from any bumps and bruises, and it says property of Hunter Biden on it. Uh, it's a classic, uh, classic uh, piece of merch. You can get that at Stu Does Merch as well. Uh, all the merchandise is up there. And if you use the code Stu10 right now, there's 10% off. Don't miss it. StuDoesMerch.com, HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. We'll see you tomorrow.